Whatever crap. I'm thinking fun because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, Sonder Stories, Season 2. Um, episode 35, Episode 5 of the new season, I yeah, think. Yeah, Chapter 5, Season 2. I think, yeah. And we're, uh, we've got five of us here now. We've got uh, P&P over here, um, Chase, Chad... And we've got Luke back. What's up, y'all? What's up? <laughs> we, uh, we, we were just... Uh, I wanted to surprise everyone, and there it is. Surprise, y'all. I'm the back. surprise is that Luke is back. I am back. Uh, welcome back, brother. It's great to be here, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to talk today about uh, uh, one of our new beers we've released in the last couple of weeks. It's a new recipe as well. And um, it's our Hefeweizen. It's called Schwester. It's the um, sister of Bruder, of brother. And um, we're excited about it. It's a great beer. We've all got leaders of it. And um, we're trying it uh, against Chase, another beer that has kind of inspired you uh, with this recipe. Um, We're trying them a little side by side here. And um, we'll get into which one's why we like what we do, uh, and how it compares, but why don't we just jump right in? Um, Justin, I feel like I've never heard you talk about this beer. Are you a fan? Love I love this beer. Okay. Love this beer. This is in, this is... Are you a Hefeweizen guy, typically? Yes. Okay. Yes, very do much so. Say, do not say it's in your top five. <laughs> I, I, if you go back and listen, I actually said this one when I mentioned my top five. Oh, I didn't know that. Your top five has so many beers in it. <laughs> no, no. Listen, it's in my top five. I think. I think. <laughs> I guess I can't say that with certainty. I like it a lot. Yeah, okay? I feel you. And thanks for the call out there. That's fair. I have, I have 16 Sonder beers in my top five. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's tough to pick. It's, it's hard. One A, one B. That's right. Uh, all the way down to... One uh, L. Five G. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Chase, talk about it. What's what makes this beer so special? Uh, it's a traditional uh, Bavarian uh, Hefeweizen, so it's a, it's a fun beer for us because we get to do a decoction with it. Um, this is different than 92 Days, if you guys recall our Hefeweizen from the past. Um, if you recall in the podcast, I believe we talked about how I was kind of debating between like more of a Weinstefan or more of like my favorite Eyeing a Brauweiss. Um, so this is more definitely, I, I was shooting for basically dying your brow vice because I just, I, I love that beer a lot. What's the quick, like, 10-second shtick on both of those beers? Fine Stefan versus dying your brow vice? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's different, mainly different yeast. Um, I would assume maybe they're using uh, different wheat as well. I would, I would assume that Fine Stefan is maybe using red wheat, where Einger is using white wheat. White wheat's usually a little bit uh, fattier, softer. Not as spicy, um, but I'm not really sure to be honest with you. But the yeast is—I'm I'm pretty c- 
confident that um, Eyinger Braubeis is using more of a Bavarian uh, Hefeweizen strand and Von Schaffan is using the classic Von Schaffan yeast strand. Um, so for this guy, we changed out the red wheat to white wheat and changed that yeast around. Um, so it, it, it makes it a little more fuller bodied, um, not so spicy and phenolic and estuary. Um, I know most people are probably, when they, when they talk about, you know, you know, Hefeweizens, they probably are way more familiar with uh, Von Stefan. Um, so people try this and they're like, oh, it doesn't quite taste like Von Stefan. Yeah, it's, it's because it is a different piece. It's, it's definitely more, more dry for more of the, the Bavarian style. Um, so it's got decoction to it. Uh, it's, it's made with classic Bavarian uh, vice yeast. Um, and yeah, this guy, it, it, did, it did get something unusual. It got a longer lager because of the whole pandemic here. We didn't really, you know, we weren't sure if we should release it. So it kind of lagered for an extra week and a half. Usually this beer, I, I, I would never lager. Um, Is that something, Chase, that in a normal environment, if we weren't able to let it lager for another week, would, would you be able to notice a significant difference? I don't know. I've, I mean, I've never, you know, this is the first time making this beer, so I, I don't really know. But tasting it, tasting it um, the day like we would have essentially processed it, um, I felt like maybe there was a little bit more spice to it, more phenolic to it. Um, there's definitely more yeast in the beer itself. Um, it wasn't too egregiously high where we went to package it. We would have definitely moved forward and packaged it. Um, but I felt like the, lo- the, the lager kind of dropped more yeast out, kind of calmed it down a little bit. Um, so is it something you would prefer to do if we have the ability? No, probably not. I think I'd rather have it be just a little bit more, more yeasty, uh, more phenolic, just a t- tad bit. Um, you guys say this term a lot, uh, and I'm not sure that I've, I, I can fully appreciate it, but... I think it. I think it's applicable here. Um, it it the way that I taste this beer, it has a very nice snap to it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's part of the, our the, our brew house process as well. Doing some old school techniques to it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this I, I absolutely love this beer. It's uh, we just did a side by side with Iron Your Brow Vice, and Iron Your Brow Vice has you know had. I'm not even sure. I had to have to look it up, but I'm guessing hundreds of years. Yeah, of I'm guessing there are hundred years of, of brewing and you know classic style and brewing this one style for uh, hundreds of years. Um, so doing side by side was a lot of fun, and um, I felt like it, it definitely holds up to the eye on your uh, brow vice. One thing that they're doing is bio conditioning, which we're you know not doing currently. Um, that gives it an extra leg up for sure. Uh, but maybe in the future we'll you know hopefully be able to, to to do that process as well. And we've talked about that a little bit in the past, but just just so that everyone's on the same page in case you hadn't heard that. What, what you're referring to in that case is uh, actually carbonating it in the bottle or in the can. Yeah, naturally carbonate it, yeah. And, and we'll do can conditioning to it, so it'll, it'll naturally finish to its uh, level of carbonation in the beer uh, naturally through yeast fermentation. I, I had never had Iyengar, or at least to my knowledge, I had never had it. Uh, I really liked it, though. Yeah. Um, I actually think I do prefer ours, though. I liked uh, So I feel like Iyengar was a tad bit sweeter, uh, especially on the nose, I got like a very like fruity kind of nose, mm-hmm. um, but like a, like a malty fruity, not like uh, something you'd expect from like some of our fruit beers or anything like that. But I liked it. It didn't have as much of a body as ours, yeah. so it's probably a tad bit more drinkable. Like if it's a super hot day and I'm trying to have like eight of those, maybe I'd prefer that to ours. But mm-hmm. I think most of the scenarios I'm cooking with ours. Yeah. yeah, I like the body. I like the mouthfeel on ours a lot. Uh, it's it seems to be softer yeah. than the the Einger. 
yeah. uh, which, which I, mean, I like. Just the big difference is, I mean, with the Eyinger, it was almost uh, like Bubblicious, original bubblegum nose, very aggressive. It was nice, with ours being more, a little bit more on the spice side, but um, the malted milk ball kind of characteristic that I've, is, for Vine Stefan, that's just how I always view, you know, uh, Hefe. And um, we definitely have that. I'd say theirs is a little bit more aggressive. Um, but the thing that is why I'd prefer ours, not because it's, you know, brewed by chasing myself, but is because of the clean snap at the end. It just, it's out, it's gone. Um, you know, a little bit of uh, salivation from the acidity of the beer, just being at where it's at. But um, I think with that clean out, um, it's not kind of like when you have, uh, say, a traditional Belgian beer and then you have that Belgian phenolic lasting into your mouth that can kind of get in the way of your food or whatnot. This is in, out, gone, let's restart and continue. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I know, you, Chase, you talked about this a little bit. Uh, when we when we talked about 92 days last year, our, our first Hefeweizen, uh, you guys got pretty deep in that podcast into the decoction method. Um, but just as a quick refresher for any of our new listeners, maybe just a quick overview on what that process does for the, the flavor of the beer. Uh, it just gives more complexity, uh, gives a little bit more darker color, but also just more mouthfeel to it. It softens it up just a little bit. This picture, or, well, this picture, this beer pictures really well. Like, I enjoy pouring it into, like, our pint glass, and because it's a tad bit hazy, but it has, like, a really good orange color to it. Like, I always use, I guess I'm giving away a secret here, but, like, I always try and use Blanc as much as possible for pictures because it photographs the best, and I feel like this beer photographs really well. It's just a beautiful beer. It has a really nice color to it. I think another cool thing, the way Chase set up our brew house, which more brew houses, you know, I'm starting to see you do, but, um, with our uh, with our ability to step mash everything too, um, yeah. you can create a lot more characteristics just from literally doing different rests. Um, I don't think we did. We do a frolic acid rest on this. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. But, so I mean, just doing that. Um, that's creating um, more. What is it? Guacol. Four VG. Yeah. Four, four vinyl guacol. Something like that. Um, so with that, you know, that's popping out more uh, banana. Um, so that. You know, that's creating more depth and complexity versus uh, if you're just doing a single infusion mash where you're literally just putting your grain and your water together at one temperature and holding for the conversion. Um, that You know, that's a step that we can do. So we can really kind of imitate what a lot of the classic uh, German breweries are doing, which for sure Eyinger is definitely doing. Yeah. Yep. So, Chad, what about you? Uh, let's clu- let's uh, loop you in a little bit here. So you weren't around... On the team yet, although I know you had 92 days um, as a fan before, and now uh, being here uh, a, a part of our sales team and, and pushing this beer out. So, A, what's your take on the beer? What's your opinion? And, and B, uh, what are you guys seeing in market and trying to sell it? So first on the beer, uh, the, one, the one thing that I pick up, uh, and I told Chase this, is I get more honey characteristics than uh, the 92 days. Not necessarily like overly sweet, but just yeah. like some honey flavor in it that I really enjoy. Uh, it's not as peppery as like Blanc. Uh, so it's, for me, it's easier drinking. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a great summer addition for our rotation. And then, uh, you know, out in the market, 
it's it's just been a really fun skew to sell with the uh, the playoff brooder, and we you know that was such a wildly successful beer for us, and to be able to to follow that up with you know the uh, the sibling skew. Uh, a lot of our partners are really enjoying that playfulness between the two beers. We, all, we had already built in a following with Bruder, and then to follow that up with Schwester, uh, we've seen a great response both in the tap room and in retail. And uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm hopeful that uh, this is a style, these two styles, I'm hopeful that this is something that we, we become known for not just in Cincinnati, but something that you know we're recognized throughout the world for, for these two beers. Yeah, I think it's, I was at Dorothy Lane uh, probably two or three weeks ago, and uh, it was cool because they had Bruder and Schwester sitting right next to each other, and I was like, oh, that's, that looks awesome. Like, so, just the, the, the two cans just look beautiful together, and I was trying to do some of, Dan, some of Danny's job a couple, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when I was here uh, late helping, helping in air quotations, Haley close up the bar, and was back at the, uh, the can line running the conveyors trying to get a Bruder can and a Schwester can to, like, you know, spin and kind of dance. Like, looks like they're dancing, and I'm pretty sure I said Danny what I had, and I don't, I don't think he used it. But. It would have been such a great video. I, I think it's still in the works. I'm not okay. ruling it out. All right. um, I feel like that's you being generous. I don't feel like you like it at all. <laughs> don't call me out. <laughs> I need to see it. I, I've heard it's awesome. Uh, I was taking picture because Chad did the Sylvester can run, and, and I walked back there taking some pictures of those of those guys canning. And the second Jeff and Chad see me, they start smirking. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> let's see where this goes. And Jeff's like, dude, you gotta see this. And then he like puts it on the conveyor belts that are going opposite directions, yeah. and it starts spinning. He's like, bro, how dope is that? <laughs> and you didn't think it was dope. I just need to figure out a way to. It's an awesome idea in theory. I need to put it into practice. I just haven't done that yet. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll right. See. We'll, we'll keep, see. Everyone, keep keep your eyes out for that. Right. I do have a theory on Bruder, though. So I think Hefeweizen is so much more of a well-known style, especially in Cincinnati. Like I think a lot of breweries around here put out good Hefeweizens. So it's a style that people are familiar with. And then the people that gave Bruder a shot are going to be excited to have it back when we bring it back in six months or however long it is. And then all of the people that try the Hefeweizen are going to see how similar the Bruder can is and be like, oh, I really liked the can that looks like this, but it's a different beer. I'll give that a try. Like, I could see Bruder, Chad said it, was a successful beer can for us for when we had it. I think it could pop off next year as like a really good seasonal for us. Yeah, I agree. It'd be, it'd be cool. I'm going to regret saying this, but because it'd be a logistical nightmare. But it, it'd be cool to have like a mixed variety pack of breeders trusted together, and yeah, and it'd be nice too because then we have the, the yeast in house, and it just makes makes more sense. I think it's a longevity thing. I think it's going to really pay off for these two beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the, the brands play off each other, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love the beers themselves, and Jen crushed the cans. Absolutely, I think they're super cool. Yeah, they look awesome. Um. I think, so Chase, you mentioned uh, potentially this fall when, so just to rehash this, we talked a little bit about it with Bruder, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about it now with Schwester, but the plan is to make this this UPC, this SKU, because they share a UPC, uh, year-round and rotate every six months between 
Schwester and Bruder. So, like, it, so like in theory, you could do a mixed six pack. It would scan, absolutely. It would, it would scan under the same UPC. Yeah, it yeah would, for a shorter period of time. Yeah, it, yeah. it wouldn't be any more bad for our retailers. It would be logistically be a little bit of a nightmare because we don't have a palletizer, so we're gonna have to hand pack all of those. Well, yeah, it would be a logistical nightmare for these two over here, which I'm fine with. Well, for our pa- for our packaging <laughs> team, yeah. JP, happy. Um, but, I'll watch. But Chase, you, you mentioned it'd be cool to have a like a one month overlap where. Uh, as Bruder comes off, or as as Bruder comes on, Schwester goes off. But there's basically a month between the two of them. I, to me, that makes a ton of sense for our Oktoberfest. So right as right as Oktoberfest oh, yeah. comes on, yeah. we're running through the, what's left of Schwester and bringing Bruder on for the season. That'd be cool. Yeah, and then we'd have Oktoberfest kind of you know hitting there too. And man, we'd be swimming in dope German, German beers. Yeah, or our anniversary the is kind of around that time as well. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, we we have an idea too of a of a Hefeweizen in, in the future as well. Yeah. Well, well so so Wait, I was Chase, ask did you, you did you say that to any of these other guys? Luke knows about it because I've okay. talked to him about it a few times. I'm but super. I have here no for idea it. what you're talking about. Yeah, we were talking about it last night. If, I, yeah. if that's what I was thinking about, yeah. Was yeah. it was it last night that we were at the bar chase, or was that two nights ago? Yeah, that doesn't they, matter. They all yes. blend, they all blend together. <laughs> so as soon as we go off air, I need to know about this. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry, listeners. Maybe we have some other we'll, ideas we'll, we'll with that soon. idea, too. What's that? I was, I was, I was just shooting ideas. Well, anyways, yeah, bound with the story. <laughs> it's not very important. Uh, well, I was going to ask if you're interested in sharing. I know that, that uh, you've well, talked about doing... Someone else. I would, no, I wouldn't want to wait on this yeah, one because no. I don't want someone else to do uh, no, it. Is, it. is it the one that I know about is what I'm asking? I, I know I've talked to you about it, okay. but it was probably a long time ago. Okay. So I, I think know I know it. I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think that's it. so. Is that in the works? Is that something we're going to do? Uh, essentially, it's a it's a variant of of uh, our Hefeweizen. Essentially, to, we'll to my knowledge, it'd be the first time I've mm-hmm. seen it done. Not I've never seen it done. I haven't either. either. Like but. ever. Yeah, I haven't either. But uh, what I was I guess what I was going to ask is, are we close on that? Is that something we're going to execute? Or I'd like to just you know takes money. <laughs> just like everything. <laughs> just like everything. Um. So the brand itself, we've, we've talked a lot about that. The beer itself, we've talked a lot about that. Um, what, what about this beer, I guess, from a, not necessarily from a technical standpoint, um, but I guess maybe more from the beer itself. So maybe it's, it's, uh, it's more along the lines of domestic Hefeweizen or, or what, what is it about this beer that you guys, any of you want, if you could, if you could get our consumers uh, 30 seconds in their ear and you could just because t- so to me I, I think I guess I'm asking the question because um, I I love Einger I love Weinstefan um, although very different right uh, there there seem to be a lot of domestic Hefeweizens every year new ones yeah. recurring ones they all uh, are a little bit different they all take a different spin on it uh, to me, I feel like ours is very Germanic in style. It's something that hopefully we, we become more and more known for is, is our German style of beers. What is it that you would just like consumers to know about this beer overall, just in general? Well, for me, real fast, I mean, the beauty on being on the inside, especially working with Chase and his background, uh, if a lot of the consumers knew some of the processes that we did for our beers, specifically this one, I think that would be enough of a marketing ploy for them to go and get it. But without going into those details, um, I would just say some of these things that we're doing, some of the processes that we're doing are 
incredibly advanced from what I've ever heard, experienced, read through my time at brewing, which has only been not a lot of years. But, um, you know, there's, there's things that are incorporated into this beer to accentuate either aroma or accentuate mouthfeel that I don't know of many other places besides the big dogs, you know, and specifically in Germany where they're doing these kinds of things, you know, with Chase learning from Van Carey coming from Eyinger and, you know, these processes. I just, I've never heard of any other breweries doing them. Um, I know that's kind of a lead on and I'm sorry, that's not really an answer, but um, I'd say with the process of this beer, I'm not really a big Hefe guy at all. I mean, if you go back to the Dunkelweizen podcast, Chase asked what I wanted to do with it, and I said, hands off, don't care, it's all you. Um, this beer, though, is actually really cool, and just the way it drinks and the complexities behind it. You know, it's not just you're getting that banana clove gone. You're, you're, you're just getting so much more that with the aroma of the banana, the clove, the mouthfeel, the finish, the, the acidity, everything, just like with the lagering and all that stuff and the smoothness, it's just just kind of gets me going, you know, and, you know, being at home <laughs> during this darn pandemic just makes me more excited to talk about the beers and everything, like, because it's just, it's, there's so much nerdy science behind it, but it's just yet so simplistic, and it's just like, why the heck did I never think of that, you know? Um, but, sorry, guys, I, I was going on a rabbit hole there. No, I love, I love yeah. it. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. I, I think it's important it, yeah. for people to know. We'll touch on that, too. It's not like it's a special, unique ingredient that we just know about it's, it's definitely process driven um that german breweries have have been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years just no one really does it anymore so it's just makes it more of a unique uh, you're not recreating the wheel you're just going you're refining ta- process you're, you're taking the time to do it right and yeah. to to give the beer the credit that it deserves and you're not yeah. cutting corners, which makes, is something that I think yeah. anyone that listens to this podcast knows that yeah. we don't do. And it, it makes it a lot harder, but I, th- I think to make the best world-class beer, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's not just taking grain and throwing it in at whatever. And it's, it's not, it, it makes it a lot more challenging. Right. I think the big thing for me is that we're, you can always come to Sonder and have, we always have a big board, right? We always have anywhere from, you know, 12 to 24 26 beers whatever it is right you can come here and try almost any style i always think that if you like beer we're gonna have a beer that you like so it's what are the things that we end up being known for and what are things that people can you know you're there's not a bad beer on the board right but like if you're into german beers you know that you can count on having a kolsch or a dunkelweizen or a hefeweizen from sonder and it's going to be the real deal i think that's something that i really have come to appreciate since being here that you know traditional german styles are something that the team really gets excited about you don't cut any corners on it and it's just something that i think you guys put a lot of passion into and i really enjoy that well i think the cool thing too is um the more that you know the team gets to brew more of these styles and more consistent or more constantly versus consistently everything's consistent because we're wizards right um i'm just kidding <laughs> but um you know we're i just i'm actually laughing because i'm picturing you in a wizard hat <laughs> that makes me laugh i think you guys should get wands i'm gandalf the gray <laughs> uh, it's um is we're we're banking our own strains you know so when you're coming in having voss from sonder you're never gonna have a voss you know, you, you can. That's a really good call out. Yeah, yeah that's that, a really good. That's call the out. fun thing is that we're basically what you're saying by that. Just to clarify for people is 
we're taking our own yeast strains after several generations of brewing those beers, and we're actually sending them into a lab and Mm -hmm. banking them, meaning we're holding them aside just for us so that nobody can replicate this beer. And then we'll take that gen, and we'll take even further, and then we'll rebank it. So this thing's on multiple banks. So we're like, oh, wow, this yeast is even getting better. Okay, let's throw away that pitch. We'll keep it, but let's put this new one in. You know, it, and that correlates to the sour program too, where we have our own proprietary Brett strains that no one has. Like they're so mutated far out that no one can ever recreate that. So, like with us and our German styles, and the more that we can rebrew them and everything, and especially with Voss being such a big dog, you know, with us banking them, that's really what's going to create the flavor of Sonder that no one can recreate, and that's how we're getting more closer to the Germanic style because. In Germany, those guys are top cropping and just reusing and going further. And you know, if you look at England, you know they're up to three thousand generations on a bar- like JW Lee's is probably at thirty four hundred generations right now. Like you can never recreate that flavor, and that's what we're getting to. Yeah, I, what I was thinking, Danny, when you were talking about that is so. I think, and, and it's it's been no secret. I've told all of you at this table. I've told anyone that's listening on our podcast that uh, for me, I have many great memories in craft beer with Sierra Nevada. And, and when Liz and I go to Asheville, almost every time we go to Sierra Nevada. Um, and I know when I go in there that more than likely they're going to have 18 to 20 beers in their tap room at the time that are more than likely a traditional style uh, or a, a readily available style that's going to be consistent and really good. Rarely are they going to have something that's going to blow my blow me away in terms of a a style of beer that I've never seen or never had, but I know that everything they do, especially their Germanic style beers, generally speaking, they do really well. And that's very high praise. I would love for us to get there, right? Where, where people know when I come to Sonder, they're going to have a lot of traditional styles in a wide array. And every time I have them, they're going to be really good. That actually reminds me, uh, Jess and I were joking about this the other day. We messed up heavily. So... We had a dude come in here. It was just Jess and I one day. He was coming in for carryout. Uh, it was maybe the day of or maybe a day or two after that I posted about Schwester being out. He traveled from Kentucky, kind of broke the law a little bit, not supposed to cross lines, but whatever. Uh, he came up here for, uh, he bought an entire case of Schwester because he, he likes Hefeweizens. Uh, he likes German beers. This dude straight up had the heaviest German accent I've heard since actually being in Germany. I should have given that guy my email address, and I, I heavily regret not doing it. Just, like literally, as the guy was walking out, Jess and I were like talking about it, and then it didn't happen. That's the type of dude that like he heard that we make really good German beers and traveled from Kentucky to come try it. And out of curiosity, want to know? I'm sure that guy has drank plenty of German Hefeweizen before and just get his take. Right? I think that's a cool rep that we're building. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not always out selling our beer, you know, as I, I probably should be doing more. I just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like to go out and, well, when we could go out, go out and relax and just have a few beers. But one thing I do push is Saunter is, is the Germanic styles of, uh, of, of beer, you know, like, hey, you know, we're in a German town, like, you know, who's making really good German beers. There's a brewery over in Mason and whatnot. So I do enjoy um, hearing the stories from Haley about like you guys being at the grocery store and someone standing in the beer aisle like trying to pick, and you're just yeah. like, "Hey, look at this Sonder beer. It's yeah. really good." I hear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always very awkward and like I know like some of like the girls that are that I'm talking to are like, "Oh my god, this creep is like hitting on you." I'm like, "Really? I'm just really trying to sell beer. Like, I'm not hitting on you." <laughs> my wife's right over there and she's yeah. laughing at me. Yes. <laughs> 
It's like, yeah, you're so weird. I'm like, hey, I just sold a six-pack. That's like 20 cents in my pocket. Money. Your commission checks are getting out of control, by the way. <laughs> 20, second, 20 cents is pretty generous. <laughs> yeah, it is, actually. Don't it? forget you get taxed on that. <laughs> but on that note, talking about the sales side, you know, it's really fun. We, we obviously have a great tap room and, and a great space, and you come up here and have fun and, you know, relax. Well, when we're open, uh, have fun and just have a great night out. So we make beers that appeal to those people that just want to have a great night out and have fun. Um, but we make beer drinkers beers as well. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that to put it in simple terms, that's really, that's really important that we have beers that drive to the masses but also you can sit down and have this Hefeweizen and really appreciate the style and the process that we're putting in place to make this beer. And it's the same beer, right? It's a beer that you can come out and just have a good time and crush a bunch of them and, have, and, and, and just enjoy your night. Or you can come in here and have one and really just pour over it and, and, and analyze it and, and sit down and talk to our brewers and really appreciate the process that goes into it. And that's what makes my job really fun. Because it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, we can discuss Sonder in a lot of different ways, and we have high grades on both sides of the of the fence. And it's just getting it's, excited it's over such a simplistic style like a Hefeweizen. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Like yeah. because of how we're doing it, flavor wise and everything, it just makes it more enjoyable. Like Except it's one of the cha- more challenging beers, I think. Oh, big time. Well, what I love about this style of beer is that is well, that my dad says it's fantastic, and my dad's. A- Stern snob when it comes to bison. Well, he's been he spends a lot of time. He, in he, lo- he loves hefeweizens, right? Heffies, yes. He loves them heffies. <laughs> they go on damn here for bison. Here for, for those no, that don't get that heffy, joke. Heffy weason. Weason. For those that don't get that joke, uh, on a podcast last season, uh, Luke berated Chase because Chase says hefeweizen, yeah. and and literally live on the podcast, <laughs> Luke is like it's. Hefeweizen. I'm tired of listening to you say Hefeweizen. <laughs> of all places to have that conversation on the podcast, probably wasn't the right one. But oh, no, but I've never, I've never, I, I will grew say, up that day. I, 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 <laughs> I will say, I haven't, I haven't not thought about it, though. And I kept it on the pod, so yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I didn't cut it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's like, you gotta stop, you gotta stop doing that. It's cool when it's you and me, but not when people are like, Did you really say that? Well, that's why we got it. that's why we gotta get Alan on the podcast. We do yeah, need to get, get Alan on the podcast. <laughs> Ripping on Luke, how he says stuff. Ooh, I would love that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not the, not the ripping on Luke, but having Alan on the podcast, I would love that. No, I'm well, just ripping on Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. Who, it doesn't, who doesn't want to hear that? Um, yeah. Let's, uh, uh, so, oh, uh, let me finish this thought, and then I've got a way that we're going to wrap up here. But um, the thing I love about Hefeweizens is there is so much flavor going on here, and there's such a variety of different flavors within different variations from other breweries. And there's no, there's no adjuncts in this. This is a beer that speaks to the ingredients, right? You get the flavor from yeast, malt, water composition, all of this stuff. And it is, it is truly unique to the ingredients itself. You get banana character. You get the clove character. And sometimes they, they vary, you know, d- depending on yeast and everything else in, in the different um, things that you all do to the beer itself. But you get a ton of flavor without having to add anything outside of your four main ingredients right well not now i'd to follow up on that one um so this is this is the truth for probably 99.9 percent of all beers you know brewers make the word yeast makes the beer 
I would say for a Hefeweizen, that is really true, but um, specifically the way that we're brewing it, the word that we're making is in conjunction to the flavor that the yeast is going to give off. Like we're, we're manipulating the wort to a point that when the yeast starts eating and gets down to the molecular level of eating up the uicals and produces the different phenols and everything, you know, if we were just to do a, like, you know, a single infusion mass without the ferulic acid rest, it, it'd come off different. But we're actually manipulating it to the point where it has, it, it's going to go through that chemical reaction that we know it is. So if we're doing an IPA, you know, it's just simplistic, you know, hops and, you know, California ale yeast strain, dry hop done. With this, we're doing different rests. We're doing different, you know, additions of whatever. And then, you know, on the top of that, we're controlling our fermentation. So we're, we're really, like, I think that's why it makes this, this, this type of beer a little bit more difficult because we're making a wort that can go either way with the yeast. Yeah, we can just make a simplistic, you know, wheat and two-row wort composition and just let it rip with some vites and yeast, and you'll be fine. But with this, we're, we're layering it with, with different malts and different other stuff. And then we're going, we're going from there, and then we're, we're controlling it with our aeration and on top of the fermentation schedule. And then, you know, we're you know, catching that bong and then with the lagering. So, like, that's why I would probably say this is more of a difficult beer because it's, it isn't really as simplistic as the yeast makes the remainder of it. It's, it's really like we're doing a lot on that word side. Yeah, I always feel like the like the the classic vice yeast strains are always kind of finicky. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, us propagating it in house at select temperatures and and aeration, proper aeration and, and targeting certain aerations and even zinc down to the zinc sul- uh, sulfate level as well. Uh, controlling it from the beginning of propagation to fermentation is is extremely crucial for for this beer. Yeah, it's. It's well done. I guess my final thoughts on the beer itself is I, I really, really love it. Um, it's one of my uh, – it's in my top five of 20 Sonder beers. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I it's, in my do, top, it's in my top five. I truly do love it. Um, yeah. you, guys, you guys crushed it. Um, I'm excited with the changes that you made. I'm excited. And by the way, 92 Days won an award last year. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it won, a, it won uh, a medal at the Ohio Cup or whatever that, that – Ohio Craft Brewers Cup, I believe. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, it won silver in that. It won silver medal. So it won an award last year, and and I feel like we've made a better a better version of that style. So I'm excited about this. Um, I'm excited about where it's going to go for the next five months or however much longer it's out. Um, I, I want to move into a couple of things to wrap up here. So I had somebody ask me recently, and I fig- I figure, Luke, you're probably the best person to ask this. Uh, welcome back to the pod. Um, somebody asked me recently, what's next for the Sour Program, um, for the Barrel-Aged Sour Program? Uh, and, and, yeah, Mella is Barrel-Aged, by the way. Mella is – so we're still doing things like Mella, um, but it's just a different process versus our Sour Oak Room series. So um, – and, and, by the way, the, the answer can be we're not sure yet, but, but what do you know at this point? Um, so I think about this, uh, to be honest with you, daily – um, to say and so everything we do obviously is a team but when I say this I'm just kind of thinking out loud um, the way I I mean so when we when I was in here the other day you and I Justin had a, a pretty good talk about potential upcoming things um, first I just want you know people to realize that the, the sour room stars are one, they're not easy, 
Um, but two, with the way that we're set up, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult to get them done. They're not impossible. Um, but with our production hitting the numbers that we've been planning, um, it's very difficult to get a lot of this stuff out. Um, going on top of that, having a 30-barrel brew house versus a 10 or a 15, um, the way I like to do everything is when I pull from a barrel, I solera back into it um, so it's not getting a ton of oxygen and ingration and turning into vinegar. Um, everything also is planned out versus just kind of rolling with it. Um, oh, this tastes good. Let's fruit it and just roll it. No, it, it, it's, it's more thought out than that. So our program is fine and will continue to roll. Um, there's just a lot of logistics behind it. And before this pandemic was hitting, we were hitting barrelage numbers that we couldn't sustain in our brewery. And so when that's happening, my mind really isn't kind of going towards the side projects that Chase lets me have fun with. It's more just like, okay, schedule, schedule, schedule. What needs to be ordered? What needs to be done? What can we get in here to make our processes easier, yada, yada. Um, So I would say for the sour program overall, um, Chase, Justin, and I have all talked about some ideas that I've come up with that they were on board with. Um, on top of some um, rigging in our sour room to make a lot of our stuff easier. The biggest issue with the sour program is the bottling. Um, so we're doing everything but Blickman handguns. Um, and when we do that... Which is homebrew equipment. Homebrew right. equipment. And we're doing everything by gravity. Um, and, you know, that, that's a story, you know, people might say, why don't you just push it with gas or whatever. That's a, that's a conversation for another time, but... You know, when we do that, that means we have our garage door open to the brew house. And that means we have literally a guy out there bleaching the floor consistently. And then when we're done bottling, we're literally re-bleaching the entire brewery. And it's, you know, a 200-bottle run turns into an eight-hour day, you know, when it could be literally two hours max. So it's just a lot of time, and we got to make sure everything's working. And then, again, on top of pulling everything out, those barrels we want to refill them. But anyways, back to what I was getting at. Um, so our program's rolling, it's rocking. We have new ideas coming on. Once some things, this pandemic, you know, kind of toots away, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed and knock on wood, um, we have ideas to get more out quicker and faster. Um, we have plans for the fooder, um, which are really exciting. Um, and with that, um, you know, there, there's just a few things that we need in there, and we'll be able to rock and roll. Um, but don't worry about it. Not ha- I would not be surprised if by the two-year anniversary we had another four or five releases easily. And I think, you know, also with Mela doing so well, you know, even, even during the pandemic, I think that we will probably bring out something similar to Mela that's also aged in our fooder as well. Um, and we'll, we'll probably do a, a fruit to it as well I, you know i have my fruits that i like a lot so maybe we'll i can talk i, I can hint, convince hint, justin wink, wink. i can convince justin to getting in i already I, got I, it <laughs> <laughs> yeah sours aren't going away spoiler no, it's just a, it. it's a there's a difference between our sour oak room yep. program uh and 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 beers like like mella and and yeah and even the sour oak room is not going to go away we just need a we need a little bit of time uh there's a little investment that needs to happen with it uh yeah. when that makes sense and then we then we'll be able to do a little more consistently and oh by the way the labor piece as well because we gotta get the brew boys back yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure and and that'd that's be coming. nice that'd be nice uh, <laughs> well, just, and then one thing i always like to say is um i mean 
look, Sarah's obviously something that I'm super passionate about. It's, it's kind of my obsession. But, um, you know, production is production, and that is what it is. And I'll never forget when I talked to, back when I was homebrewing, and I worked at Mount Carmel, talked to Mike Townsmeyer of the Mad Fermentationist, and we got into conversation about Mount Carmel. And, you know, he's, you know, talking about beer and everything. And I remember being like, yeah, I wish I could make more stuff, but we only make amber. And he was like, that's the one thing that people don't understand is, production is production and it's not a hobby anymore so that's kind of how i view what's going on with right here so like look we got big stores that are taking our packaging that's what's keeping the lights on that's what's keeping everything going sweet that keeps going steadily what's going to happen is there's going to be an opportunity to branch off to the left and then we can have some of those more fun interesting things when we're at a consistent speed versus we're getting to that speed pandemic now what do we do? Okay, well, let's rethink about everything. And then once we're starting to go again, then that left return where I could go down with some guys, we can then get those barrel aged things going. But, you know, um, I think am the, I spiraling here? I, I think the too long didn't read version of what Luke just went on was that <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's not off the mind. It's just we need a couple things to go our way first. Yep. Well, the reality the reality is of it is is I always have the reins taught on the sour program because we're, we're still yeah, until a new, we're in a different facility. We're, we're still a new company. We have to pay the bills, and if we get a bacteria cross contamination out in our clean side, it's it. I mean, it's it's brought down breweries before. Yeah, it's a big, you know, it's so a very it's, big deal. It's 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 more than it's more than yeah. We love sours. We're going to brew them. It's it's way way more than that. It's it's the employees that we had and and will have again uh protection for them to say we are we're gonna keep our doors open we're not gonna do anything crazy and stupid like package a sour beer while harvesting yeast you know 30 right. feet away it's right. just, you know there's there's way more to it than just simply we're gonna make sours because we love sours that's right yeah. right yeah it makes makes sense um okay last question uh somebody sent this to me uh, we, we've we've mentioned to people. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback during this pandemic of the of the user questions. Um, yeah, some, keep, keep sending those in. Yeah, uh, please do. Social media, um, email, whatever it is. I think my mom is trying Danny to send at SonderBrewing.com. She's she she doesn't know how though. I don't think Danny at SonderBrewing.com. She forgets out, she but. forgets hitting the submit button. She can shoot me an email whenever. So. <laughs> can I give can I give her one your phone number too? No. <laughs> I, 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 five one three. I, I draw it's the. It's not five one three. Danny doesn't have a five one three number. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I draw the number. Right? No, you're clean. You draw the line yeah. at phone number. Yeah. I think his phone number is written on the bathroom at Dana Gardens. <laughs> it's, it's the Mike. True, yeah. It's the Mike Jones number. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Jones. Okay, so this is a variation. So somebody sent me. They're like, I want you to answer this question. It was too easy as a as the initial question, but somebody sent me uh, a question from a, a card game answer the internet, answer the internet for those that have heard that. Um, it's, it's just a fun icebreaker game uh, that Barstool Sports is a part of. And so they sent me this, uh, and I changed it a little bit. So the question is, would you, if you could shoot a free throw, and if you made it, you get a million dollars. If you miss the free throw, you never get to drink a beer again the rest of your life. Would you shoot the free throw? Never. No. No, absolutely not. I'll argue the other side, I guess. The one year I played basketball, I shot like 80% from the free throw line. And then it never happened again after that. That's still only a four and five shot. 
There's like a twenty percent shot that you <laughs> you don't ever get to drink yeah, beer again. I understand. I'm just I'm trying to make the, what would you uh, do on the weekend for Justin here so everyone doesn't <laughs> say no. <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna rephrase and be like, yeah, if I was on keto for life. But even during keto, man, I was like <sighs> dying you'd to have, have to, some beer. I mean, you'd have to think about that shot and how, how heavy it would be on my head at least. I'm gonna I'm shooting the shot. If I was I'm shooting the shot, and I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna. And you know what, Chase? I love beer. I'm gonna make that shot. You know why? I'm a bank master. I'll bank that free throw. Do you in. go the old school? Uh, oh, the, granny, the granny, grandma, shot? ma style. Well, who's your style? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, if I got one shot and beers on the line, beer and a million dollars is on the line, just, I'll make that free throw and I'm gonna bank it. Just, I'm going and I go high bank. I give it loft for the high bank. But if Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> couldn't figure it out, I, I'm not gonna figure for it me, out. For me, just put that sky lift right next to the the backboard. Done. Because you said anyway, right? A little sky lift. Do you get warm up shots? No. Oh. One shot. Right out of bed, cold. <laughs> and you never used that basketball. Yeah. Brand new Spalding, super, super thick. That, that question was really like, shiny and slick ball. Yeah. In all front that, of an audience. All that leather. Yeah. Then, naked. Then there's that naked. whole thing. <laughs> that question, and it's cold. <laughs> that question made me think of a dad joke that I really like to say when you like interact with someone that doesn't drink. I always be like, so what do you do for fun? <laughs> If you, can't, if you can't drink beer anymore, what do you get? What do you do for fun? <laughs> I mean, the thing about that question is, I mean, if you make it, life is great, right? I mean, if you miss, you missed out on a million bucks, and you just lost your opportunity. Was there taxes on the million dollars? Because that makes everything different. Because then you're only getting what six hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand. I mean, yeah. isn't like a million dollars isn't that much anymore, right? Like, I mean, it still is, but it. But it's basically it still a million dollars. I'm pretty sure to have a kid from zero to 18 is a million dollars. Yeah, but it's about time value of money, right? I guess like I'm if rich. You, if, if, you get a million do- if you get a million dollars banked into your account right now, it's better than the million dollars you would have made over, what, a decade, a decade and a half? Just put know. it into some gold. It'll, it'll or, be fine. or like 400 years of working at Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Uh, this is fun, man. Uh, this is a good podcast. Luke, welcome back. It's fun to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, does everyone have beer in their glasses? Yeah, yeah. barely. Okay. Luke's low. We got to cheers now or, or else Luke won't be able to cheers with us. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for making a great beer again. Uh, thanks for the podcast. And thanks to all of you for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Guys. Cheers.